0: to you from the U.S. and streaming all over the world. This is Shotgun Sports USA. Get accurate, reliable information in every single episode. With interviews from the best shooters in the game, the best gun clubs across the globe, and industry-leading companies that revolutionized the sport. Find us online at ShotgunSportsUSA.com. Shotgun Sports USA is driven by Beretta, the number one choice of champions. Also brought to you by Cole Gunsmithing, Rick Hemingway's Promatic Trap Sales, Castellani USA and Ultimate Shooting Accessories, Soundgear Phantom, Clay Target Vision, and Clay Shooter Supply. Welcome to the show. Better with Beretta, pro tips from the number one choice of champions. I'm Zach Keenbaum, professional shooter with team Beretta. At the World FeeTask, Beretta is always one of the biggest sponsors at the World FeeTask every year. And they always have the most memorable parkour. When we were in 2017, when we were in
1: Budapest, Hungary, there was some old um, Cold War era soviet like comm towers and they were throwing birds off these four giant towers that
0: were just incredible big beretta band 90 foot beretta banners up the sides these things and if you were there you know exactly what i'm talking about but that i think that's we always
1: hear about the beretta parkour the beretta parkour is always the most memorable at the world feet Test, and that's uh, that's always a great memory
2: My guest on the show today is a recent graduate from Texas A&M. He's full-time in the workforce and just as dominant at shooting now as he ever was, if not a little more. He is the 2023 Texas State champion and does not plan on stopping there. Please welcome to the show, Dominic Grossi. Dominic welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Justin. Thank you for having me. I appreciate
2: it. Yeah. The, the last time I talked to you, you were still in college.
1: Yeah. You know, it's been a while. Uh, a lot of stuff has changed for sure. i um, happy to be out in the workforce now. It's definitely a big change, but uh, I love it so far. You know, I'm out in the real world and kind of taking all the skills that I'd compiled over those years at A&M and uh, making good use of them. So it's, uh, it's been really cool.
2: So you haven't had that moment yet where you say, man, I wish I was back in college.
1: Oh, don't get me wrong. I miss it. Um, It it goes back and forth because I really do love what I do. Um, I'm working in construction for a company called Tandem Services in Houston and Galveston. And I really do love my job, Um, but there's really no place like College Station. You know, it's just, it's a really cool place to be and live. Um, Some of my greatest memories were from my time in college with the shooting team and Um, obviously met Megan through college as well. So, um, Mm -hmm. I owe a and M a tremendous amount and absolutely love it there and hope to get back there someday later in life. Um, but (laughs) don't get me wrong. That, that thought has definitely crossed my mind before.
2: (laughs) Now, have, do you still, you live close to college station or did you move?
1: I'm down in the Pearland area now, which is in South Houston. So I'm about two hours away. It's well within reach. You know, I've been up there to go hang out with friends that are still there that are still attending school at A&M and, uh, you know, it's really not a far drive. It's a just a hop, skip, and a jump in Texas time. So
2: Yeah. How many national championships did you win while you were in college or did the Texas A and M win?
1: So I was a part of the first two um that we'd won in recent years and then they just completed their third um about a month ago now. And uh couldn't be more proud of the people there. You know, as a senior there was only three of us leaving and a bunch of talented shooters coming in the following year, or so I knew from the get go that it was going to be a very, very talented team, probably the most talented team that we had ever had, and it's uh, it's just really cool to see what happens, you know, kind of after you leave because uh, they took it and continued to build and did really, really well with it. And uh, I can't say enough positive things about Kara, the president, and the officer team, and all the shooters there that just did a tremendous job and putting our third national championship together, I'm super proud.
2: Yeah. That, that team seems to just be excelling every year. I mean, it's, it's like a dominant, the, the dominant team in college shooting.
1: Yeah. And you know, it was, it was an interesting thing because of course, right as I was leaving, um, there was a new organization coming about, um, and they held a national championship of their own in Las Vegas. And I'm very Kind of pleased with the way that it all transpired because Fort Hayes State, uh, who I know you guys have Mm -hmm. had on the podcast before, won that shootout in Vegas and then attended ACUI as well. So it kind of brought legitimacy to the ACUI championship. Um, brought the best team from the Vegas shoot and had them compete against all the best teams attending ACUI. Um, Cause there were a lot of teams that only attended one or the other. So it kind of brought all of that together and created a true national championship in some sense, which don't get me wrong. I still would have loved to have had some of the other big name schools there. I mean, it, it's never going to be an entirely true national championship without schools like Lindenwood and Shriner there. Cause they're definitely two of the top four or five national teams and the country um but it probably worked out in the best case scenario in that you know a and was able to edge out fort hayes after they put up a really dominant performance in vegas and can't say enough good things about either team i mean fort hayes had me sweating just watching the scores roll in on friday i thought it was going to be close you know that's kind of the kind of the cool thing about that event is that, you know you have the team aspect of it that uh Basically makes it to where you can have one person on the team just have a great day and put up a phenomenal score and have it make all the difference in the end of the day because you're shooting you know it sounds like a big shoot you know you're shooting a score out of three thousand targets, but the margins are always within ten to fifteen at the end of the day, so every single target matters mm-hmm. very very heavily, and basically every person on the team plays a very very large role in the outcome of how those shoots play out so it's been really cool to watch. Um, I'm relieved in a lot of ways that it's, uh, the leadership of the program is on to better people now that have great experience and have done great things with it. And it's a lot less stressful to be able to watch it from the sidelines now. So I've, en- I've enjoyed playing Spectator.
2: Yeah, you get to donate money now to the shooting team.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna need a couple of years in the workforce before I'm <laughs> before I'm head over heels into that one. But we got a great alumni network and I do really look forward to giving back as soon as I'm able. Yeah. All of
2: this has been fun for you. And and, and that's all in the past now, right? In school. Now you're practicing being an adult. You brought up right. what you do for work in the construction in the construction business. How do you like doing all that? Was it what you expected it to be?
1: Uh, you know, I don't think that you can ever become truly prepared for any career just based on your college curriculum alone. Um, there's definitely a learning curve with anything. Uh, I think that I was prepared for the social and people challenges very well, just because I had networked very well and had, uh, pretty extensive experience just talking with people from the, the industry before, mm-hmm. whether that was in the shooting community or through opportunities at a and uh, they do prepare you extremely well to be able to assimilate in that kind of environment. But learning the work itself, of course, is, you know, everything is tremendously specialized nowadays. So just learning codes of different municipalities and things like that, there's a, a massive learning curve for things like that. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's challenging, but that's what I love about it. It's the way that my brain is wired. And, um, I, I'm a very studious person. I like to continue to learn new things and, you know, apply yeah. them to whatever area of my life I'm using them in. So, uh, it's been really cool. I've really enjoyed it this far and it's definitely lived up to the expectation for sure.
2: So what are you doing? What is, what is
1: your job? So my job title is a project manager. Um, okay one of the things that we do in particular is on the civil side of the company anyways, is we do a lot of uh, concrete and roadway repair. Um, and then a bunch of utility work underneath as well. So we do about half and half between those two activities. Um, my biggest job right now I'm working on in Galveston is a job from, uh, Broadway street all the way to the seawall. So about half the length of, or half the width of the Island rather. Um, and just going back and refurbishing all of the roadway and existing utilities that dated back to like the 1960s. Um, so you find weird stuff. I mean, you find you know utilities that are made out of clay and completely obsolete, and it leads to unique challenges that you don't see in other parts of construction, um, which is pretty neat. So, I mean, my day to day is you know handling the budgeting and scheduling and all that fun stuff for trying to make everything go and stay in sequence and making, making, making all of that actually make our company money. So that's the challenging part of it all. Um, and then of course doing all of that in a safe and qualitative manner as well.
2: Yeah. So transitioning from being, uh, I guess shooting a lot in college, graduating, and now you're working full-time and shooting, I guess, somewhat full-time. What is that transition like?
1: Well, I'm, I'm kind of an outlier in a sense that I'm just extremely fortunate that I wound up in a position where my company is very flexible with me and allows me to get to a lot of the tournaments that I would like to get to. Um, There are some major differences for sure. Um, You know, shooting back in college, you know, let's say, for example, I was leaving for a shoot on a Thursday. You know, I could kind of take the week before that to get ahead on assignments and study and you know, read a chapter or two ahead in the textbook to kind of prepare myself. That way I'd have that whole week to just mentally get into that state of being ready to shoot. Mm -hmm. And just the way that my current job is, it's, you know, it's very sequential, you know, it's a chain of events. And if one of those chains breaks, then the rest of it kind of falls out of place. So I don't really have the ability to get ahead like I did before. So it's Required me to have to get ready for these shoots in a very, very quick amount of time. So, you know, this last weekend, for example, at the Texas State, you know, I left my job site at noon on a Thursday and was there at 6 a.m. and trying to get ready to shoot early in the morning, Friday morning. And um, the biggest difference is just trying to get uh, acclimated to the shooting mindset a little bit quicker, you know, because you're still thinking about work, your your mind's juggling Hundred different outstanding items that you still have to think about going into the following week, and it never really stops. Right, the work is always going to be there whether you're there or not. So, um, it's been challenging to kind of segregate those two aspects mm-hmm. of my life. But yeah. by the same token, I, I think I have a newfound appreciation for just being able to make it to some of these events. You know, I, I find myself enjoying it a lot more. I don't have nearly as much pressure on myself at the events. It feels like just because. Um, you know, the stress of the workplace is leaving as I'm going to the shoots rather than entering, feeling the pressure of the shoot coming on. Um, so that's been a welcome change for sure. Yeah. Um, but definitely different.
2: Yeah. It's good that you have a job that allows you to do that. I'm sure you don't have as much time to practice as you'd like, like you were talking about, but at least you can still go, you know.
1: Yeah, I found myself being like more purposeful with my practices because you're exactly right. They're fewer and farther between. Um, again, I'm just kind of lucky in the sense that I've, my job is, uh, you know, I moved down to Pearland. Uh, I'm five minutes from Greater Houston Gun Club now. So <laughs> it's kind of a very convenient opportunity for me to be able to shoot and get ready for a shoot if I need to. Um, and all of that shooting is kind of situated right around my work as well. So yeah. it's just kind of a unique setup and I'm very blessed and privileged in that manner. Um, but yeah, all of my practices are definitely a little bit more purpose driven. Um, something, per, something in particular that I'm wanting to work on going in is going to be a focus for that given day. And then I'm just going to spend, whether it's a hundred targets at the end of a work day, cause I got an hour's worth of daylight left or, you know, taking the first half of a Saturday or whatever it may be. Um, I know that the, all the rounds mean a little bit more cause I don't have as many of them. So, yeah. um, just making sure that I'm trying to do something in particular to improve and work towards getting to be better.
2: Yeah. Speaking of greater Houston, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you shot the Browning Briley and the U S Grand Prix, the, the FITAS shoot, they combined the two together at greater, yeah. at greater Houston and you finished the main M1 and the Grand Prix M2. How was that? Tell me about the shoot. <laughs>
1: It's a great event. Um, you know, last year was the first time that they put the Browning Briley and a World Cup FITASC event together, which you don't hear as much about the World Cup FITASC events now because the uh, the NSCA and FITASC kind of had that rift between them to where, you know, they started the FITASC Grand Slam in conjunction with the championship tour and the World Cup events have kind of lost some relevance mm-hmm. in the United States, which is always been something that's kind of upset me to some extent because i loved those events growing up they were some of my favorites um so getting one of those back at greater houston was super cool you know last year in 2022 um i was super stoked to be shooting the uh the grand prix you know that was my focus and then of course i wound up winning the main event just because that's typically how those things go (laughs) and uh this year i had the same goal you know it was my goal to shoot well in both of them and uh Shoot ran really, really well. Um my coach and one of my best buddies, Zach, stayed with us the whole weekend. Um, and he was the one to take my title from me that I was trying to defend all week. So that was kind of <laughs> kind of cool. Um, you know, if there was somebody that you had to lose to, you know, and you'd wanted to be you wanted to stay in the family, right? So yeah. Yeah. it was cool to see him win. And then of course, really cool to see Megan get her first big win back since she started nursing school. Um, she shot outstanding all week. She got close at the U.S. Open a couple weeks before that, um, so I could tell that it was coming soon. Um, You know, she finished runner up in Tucson, and then back in full force now, which is awesome to see. You know, I missed watching her compete at a high level for that year that she was gone, focused on studies. And uh, yeah, I mean, couldn't have been a better shoot. Uh, Greater Houston did a fantastic job with all the amenities as always, and uh, love every shoot that they throw there.
2: Now, have they? Didn't Greater Houston just make some improvements of some sort?
1: Yeah. So they, uh, have all kinds of things going on you know, they're growing very fast. Um, I know that they are trying to implement some new property, um, towards the backside, um, that I think will be potentially available to shoot on here in the next year or so. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff going on in greater Houston, but, uh, one of the things that they've been doing a really good job of in recent history, in my opinion, is, uh, paying a lot of attention to the target setting and just the quality of targets that are being thrown and the way that the event is run. I feel like in some of the years past, um, the focus was really focused towards the amenities. And while that's all well and good, I mean, you still want to throw awesome targets, right? So uh, they've done a really good job of throwing challenging, but uh, reasonable targets. Um, You know, I think that they've, kind of had a reputation in the past for throwing these crazy difficult targets and don't get me wrong. They're extremely technical and you can miss a bunch of them at a time. Like I did this last week. Um, it's very easy to miss in whole bunches and walk out of a station, just feeling confused, but you're not going to get beat over the head with just these 80 yard crossers or anything incredibly difficult just due to insane target setting practices. So they've done a really good job of kind of normalizing all of that. And, uh, setting a standard for having really good events.
2: I've I'm kind of thinking about the Grand Prix. Explain that to the people listening that may not know what you're talking about. How is that different than just a Fitas shoot at a tournament?
1: Right. So uh first and foremost, it's a 200 bird task event. Um this, so these these World Cup events uh consist of the US test Grand Prix and the North American uh FETAS Championship. And basically the Grand Prix and the Continental Championships feed into the World FeetAS Championship in the summer every year. And you kind of calculate your World Cup winners by their performance in those three events. So they used to be held in conjunction with the championship tour, but there was a uh, disagreement between the NSCA and VTAS about uh, target fees and things of that nature. Um, I won't get into the politics of it, but uh, long story short, they kind of did away with having the world cup events at the big shoots. So there's a number of clubs that still host all the events. They're kind of in a smaller capacity than before. You don't see the turnout that you saw mm-hmm. um, five, six years ago. Um, but it's starting to come, it's starting to generate some interest again. You know, you have clubs like greater Houston throwing one. Uh, the Meadows has one coming up as well. Um, the American grand prix will be there, I think in a couple of weeks in conjunction with the Trident cup. So I'm hoping that they start to gain some momentum going forward because they are really important events in the grand scheme of things. And I was a little upset with the way that the NSCA kind of chose to handle that situation because I think that they're, in my opinion, akin to the regional championships for sporting clays, right? You know, those events in FITASC are what the regional sporting clays shoots are to the championship tour. So right. those are the best of the best task events, and I'd like to just see good big clubs continue to show interest in them so that we can get bigger turnouts and start returning some level of prestige to world cup events again.
2: Yeah. Okay. You leave greater Houston, I guess the next week or maybe two weeks after, I guess it's the next week. You go to Texas state championship, which was held at the national shooting complex and 778 shooters were in the main event. And then you come out, Oh, yeah. you come out HOA. Finally. How, how long have you been working on that? Seven years? Eight years? How long has it been?
1: It's been, it, it's been a goal of mine since I was a little kid. Um, my first time really coming close at a major event was tying Corey Cruz, um, for HOA at the 2016 Texas state championship at Canyon Creek. So that was, yeah, I guess seven years ago now. Yeah, And, uh, I've <laughs> in the years to follow, um, I, have come close a number of times, finished runner up, had a lead going into the final day and fallen a little short. And you know, it's uh it's tough. You kind of have your work cut out for you when uh, you know, you had Zach win this championship back in 2015. And the only two people to have their name on the trophy since then, up until this last weekend, were Corey Cruz and Bobby Fowler, who are two of the three Americans to win the World Sporting Place Championship. So right. you got two world champions kind of just all taking turns winning state titles. And then the rest of us just kind of scrambling to get as close as we could. So um, the level of competition in Texas is really, really high. Um, it's one of the most competitive s- states in the realm of shooting that there is. And uh, I'm just really proud to have my name on the same trophy as all those three names that I mentioned. You know, Zach and Bobby and Corey were my childhood heroes growing up. So it's just really humbling to be a part of that. And uh, definitely a relief after having come close so many times to finally pull that one off.
2: Yeah. That's what I was going to say before you went into that there, the Texas has got unbelievable shooters. like And with the three, like you just talked about, I mean, three of the most dominant people in the sport and you go out there and win. So I know you're happy about that and say you're the Texas state champion. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I'm a, I'm over the moon. It's a, it's just one of those ones. That's always meant a lot to me personally. Um, it's, it's a, you know, a lot of years, it's the third biggest shoot of the year in the United States. I mean, it's bigger than most of the regionals most years. Um, yeah, I there's think there's almost there
2: was, a thousand shooters there right at it, I think. Yeah.
1: Uh, the attendance is incredible. Um, of course, the National Shooting Complex does a tremendous job. Uh, they, they've been hosting it every other year now for the past five, six years. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of feels like you're shooting a, a, a miniature nationals in a sense. You know, you're shooting... 200 birds over three days with a lot of the same people that you'd be competing against at nationals um, shooting at a really high level. And, uh, it's just a, it's a really cool shoot. It means a lot to me personally. And, uh, I'm proud to be a shooter in Texas where there's just so many great shooters out there.
2: And it wasn't easy to win it either. (laughs) You know, I mean, think of all the stuff that went on, you know, the weather, the courses were different. Than they normally are, right?
1: Yeah. So uh I'm in addition to shooting, you know, I'm I'm on the TSCA Texas State Sporting and Clays Association board. And uh one of our initiatives this year was to kind of mix things up because like I said, we've we've shot at the complex for the state shoot uh three of the last five times now. So uh in the interest of kind of making things a little different, um our president Ben McAnally, had the idea to put the main events somewhere other than that main event road that we have every year for nationals. And so we had some parts of the back part of the property open for the main event. And then, uh, up on the Hill, like where the, uh, the K cup is a lot of the time was one of the main events. And then down kind of, uh, by the sea fields on the very North side of the property. Um, they had a really good course out there as well, which was my personal favorite of the three. And it was kind of cool to shoot on some different parts of the property. Um, of course the, uh, the weather definitely made things interesting, too, um, and definitely might have lended itself to explaining why we shoot on the main drag as often as we do, because we ended up having to... Basically, uh, we, we gave away four stations of the main event uh, on the green course um, of the 10. So you only shot six stations of the green course, and then we're just awarded the other 20 something on targets um, free of charge. So it was... A weird contingency plan, but I, I think it was the fairest and most equitable way to handle that situation. Um, all of that being the result of a big storm that rolled through Thursday night. So um, the back part of the property was flooded. And I think the complex did a great job of battling through all the weather conditions with their staff and personnel and still putting on a phenomenal shoot, all things considered.
2: Yeah. Did I see pictures of traps like buried underwater, just like barely sticking up over top of water?
1: Oh, there were rivers flowing through that place. So, really? I mean, I pulled in Thursday afternoon, about 6 PM and almost as I went through the gate of the property, it was almost uncanny how close the timing was. The lightning rolled in and I started hearing cracks on the back of my truck and I'm like, is that hail? And sure enough, it uh, was a massive hailstorm for the next hour and a half. Um, 45 mile an hour winds, crazy rain, how we lost power, um, I know there's a bunch of people staying in the RVs on site that were without power for a lot of the week just because that whole area had outages. Um, it was nuts. And then, of course, Friday, it was muddy and still raining uh, on and off. Saturday was beautiful. And then Sunday, it came right back around and rained and it was super windy all over again and 45 degrees. So you kind of had every everything on the weather spectrum imaginable over the course of three days. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, I, you know, it was funny cause I was going through the pictures that were posted and, uh, what, what, what kind of pants did you have on when you're standing on the podium? Were they like Hawaiian pants? What What were those?
1: of was absolutely was wearing a pants and sleeve after this you know i I feel like I kinda need to prioritize that' because that's what I'm really here to do, yeah. so I as much as I hate to do it i mean i'm i'm i am i am i am almost embarrassed that I had to do it in the middle of the course just due to my own lack of preparation but i walked off the super sporting course to go find a jacket and another clean pair of pants oh and on top of that i forgot to mention uh, a guy in a golf cart sprayed me with mud as i was getting out of my truck in the morning so not only was i freezing my butt off but i had water and mud all over me so i (laughs) was (laughs) just just kind of a miserable morning honestly so i got got halfway through my super sport and i was like you know what the super i didn't come here to win the super sporting let's go get some level of warmth. Let's go find a different pair of pants and, and a jacket. So I was able to find a windbreaker from Briley of all places, and then had to go buy that pair of pants. It was the only pair of pants that I could find. And that's how we ended up with a pair of green and blue plaid pants on the Texas state podium.
2: (laughs) You got them from the gas station down the street,
1: didn't you? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) just about a little Things set up next to a Walmart, like a little like secondhand store. Uh, I was, you know, I like I said, I was. I had about an hour window to go find pants, and as much as I would have loved to have taken the thirty-minute detour into lock and, Terror and found a nice pair of J Crew pants, it ended up not happening that way. <laughs> so we did the best with what we had. <laughs> I, be, I bet you don't
2: throw those pants away.
1: Yeah, you know, um, or did we you? We might have to hold on to those. We might break them out <laughs> for special occasions. <laughs>
2: You know you you brought up uh uh Zach earlier and how he's you kind of looked up to Zach well Zach he he's he's come out with this training video
1: I was super excited when he first told me that he was coming out with this video and uh, it was something that I've been pushing him to do for a long time whether you I, I was you know he's got a wealth of knowledge and me being one of the people that's really benefited from it um I've always just kind of pushed him to do some sort of mass marketing for all the information that he has at his disposal. So um, the video is super cool in the sense that uh, uh, you can go onto this website and kind of create a forum of questions and get responses back from Zach and kind of start a conversation online and then have all of that archived. So, you know, let's say you have a particular chapter of the, the video that you have a question on, you can go in there and type up a Query about whatever it is that you are curious about, and then Zach will get back to you, and then you can kind of start this conversation. And then you have that clarification posted there, you know, for eternity in the website. So it's kind of a cool way to continue to build. It's kind of like a living, breathing organism in a sense, Mm -hmm. um, because it just continues to learn. But the content itself is incredible. Um, It's something that I know Zach worked really hard on. Um, You know, he, I know he put a lot of effort in it for the better course of a year. And, uh, the final product is outstanding. Uh, I've re- I've watched Anthony's video that Chris Claxton has done as well. And I know Anthony played a pr- part in the production of Zach's video too. Um, just a lot of great minds coming together to come up with a really, really cool product.
2: I'll have to agree a hundred percent. It's, it's Zach's always been really easy to understand. You know, if he's showing you, if he's showing you something while you're shooting, I mean, you know, that prime example of that, um, he's very easy you know, he's calm. And in, in this video, it's perfect. You know, it's got short segments that you don't have to sit there and listen to something for 45 minutes and have to remember what you listen to, you know? So I've really enjoyed it. I think they did a great job. It's unbelievable graphics involved. The videography is unbelievable. It's, it's really, really sharp. Uh, I, I just don't understand why in about the third little segment, Zach was already sweating Did you notice that?
1: You know, he was working hard. Uh, You know, I, I, I know how passionate he is about these things. And, uh, yeah, I, I noticed the same thing about four, four chapters in or so glistening coming off of his top lip. And, uh, yeah, you can tell that he's, uh, he's putting in some effort. Um, i i give him a hard time that <laughs> <laughs> he, oh my goodness he's gonna kill me when he hears that but uh no i noticed the exact same thing you know i'm sure i don't know where he ended up filming that at. i think it was somewhere in california yeah. must have been hot it was in a sauna <laughs> um, but uh <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> a funny little anecdote for sure yeah i don't know if i mean i know he was definitely apprehensive going into making that video just due to all of the different things that go into it. Um, and I know he's really, really proud of the product and all the work that went into it. So if that's the the worst thing that we had to say about it, I think he'll still consider it a
2: massive success. No, Yeah, it's, it's you know, if you, I was thinking about this the other day, if you take uh, this video that they've made, and I think it's 56 different segments, I think is what it is. And yeah. you listen to that. There's no telling how much money, that you would have to spend on lessons, like physical lessons, to get the same amount of information. And you can go back and listen to this over and over and over again, take notes, ask questions like you're talking about, and have it forever. It's it's crazy. Oh, absolutely. At the value of that. And and it's not just a video. It's it's like quality. It's four K. I mean, it's like it's quality. Right. And I'm glad to see Anthony and Chris Claxton and his group of guys uh, and Zach put all this together and make it what is, what it is. I mean, it's unbelievable. It has to be the best, the best one I've seen. I've seen a lot of them it has to be probably one of the best things, uh, as far oh, as teaching, uh, video series that I've seen
1: ever. Certainly, you know, uh, and I don't think that some of the younger people in this game realize just how much information we have at our disposal nowadays. Um, you know, people talk about how, how good the shooters in America have gotten over the course of the last decade. And a a large part of that is due to people like Zach and Corey and Anthony and Derek and all those other people out there that spent all the time learning it for themselves the hard way. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. there wasn't an abundance of coaching when they came up in the sport because it was still such a young sport at the time in the United States. So, you know, it wasn't until 2016 that Anthony first won the world sporting Clays championship. And then we've won a handful of them since then. So, Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy to just know that they put in so much trial and error over the years, and this is the result of all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's all very accessible now, you know, it's at the disposal for anybody to be able to see, you know, all of just about every great shooter in America offers lessons and content and material that they put out there. And, uh you know, we're just at a very cool place now where nothing is like a massive secret anymore. You know, like there's, there's knowledge that's very easy to get to that is not hard to understand and definitely is a lot harder to apply than it is to understand, but, um, it's all out there, you know, it's out there on online, you know, in the shooting community, just by word of mouth, um, passing down experiences from one person to the other. And it's, It's cool to see just how far it's evolved since then, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we're as competitive as we are now. I think shooting has become harder and harder to win in the past five, 10 years, just because of the knowledge being at the disposal of people from the get-go. You know, there's people that come up in in the course of three or four years can become a very, very, very good shooter. Um, Somebody like Eric Harvey comes to mind. who would made the transition out of trap shooting and all of a sudden is winning regionals, you know, he's one of the best shooters in the United States now. So it's super cool to see all that accessible to the public. It's a great thing for the growth of our sport. Um, and I'm happy that Zach sweaty lip could have been a part of
2: that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he knows I'm going to mess with him every chance I get, I mess with him. So he's going to expect it, you know, from me, he might not expect it from you, but he's going to expect me to mess with him. So, but yeah, I agree. I've got
1: to give him a hard time. He took my Browning Briley title. I got. I got to give him a little bit of a hard time.
2: Yeah, well he he, kn- <laughs> he knew you were coming after him at Texas State, and that's why he didn't go.
1: Yeah, you know, he stayed at home and he was probably making piccanyo on the grill all week. He just he didn't want the smoke, I guess.
2: I think Zach's turned into a car guy. Like every time, oh, I, yeah. every time I talk to him, he wants to talk about cars or trucks. <laughs> he's
1: you know? getting. He's definitely. Uh, he's he's a very young soul, but he's he's definitely gotten. In a lot of ways, in the past couple of years yeah, since moving to yeah, Georgia.
2: Like, like, really, Zach? What are you talking about cars for? We're talking about shooting. He's just getting old. That's what it is. I mean, well, he's nearly 50. He's, so, I mean,
1: he's, he's got a fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're counting down the years still a bet.
2: <laughs> so, Dominic. I know you have things to do. You probably have to go to work tomorrow. So I'm going to let you go, and I appreciate your time. Congratulations on your HOA at Texas State, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at the next shoot for sure.
1: Thanks, Justin. It's a pleasure as always. Can't wait to see you soon.
2: All right, man. We'll see you.
0: Thanks for listening. For more episodes, go to our website, ShotgunSportsUSA.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook.